Welcome to the Vitality Coach Podcast with me, your host, Nikki Fogden-Moore. Join me for celebrity interviews, behind-the-scenes training sessions, combined with practical advice on how you can feel fantastic. Tune in for easy-to-implement tips and tools on healthy food and fitness. Learn how to look and feel your personal best without turning your life upside down. Welcome to Feeling Fantastic. Hi guys, welcome back to the Vitality Show, the Vitality Coach Podcast. And part of the Influencer Series is scouring the world for these people that really are living and creating the life they love, not only in business, but also in life. And I'm very fortunate to have snared a little bit of time away from the very popular Tim Reed, who's founder and host of Australia's number one marketing podcast, the Small Business Big Marketing Show. So Tim, welcome to the Vitality Show. Thank you, Nikki, and hello, listeners. Um, I know that you know we bridge the gap a lot between lifestyle and, and vitality and bringing business and personal vitality to life on my show. One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is not only are you a captivating speaker and you have an incredible background uh, in corporate world and you've decided to go out and create marketing wisdom for all those other people out there trying to make it on their own. I think that the other thing I love about you is your charisma and your ability to really say, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and put a stake in the ground and do something different and follow what I really believe in. So um, thanks for being here. If you want to find out more about Tim while you're listening to this, you can make a note. All the notes will be on the vitalitycoach.com.au on our podcast area and you can hop on to timreed.com.au. Um, Tim, I think I should give you a couple of um, minutes just to give the listeners a little bit of a bio about who you are and what drives you. Wow. Okay. Putting you on well, the spot. Yeah, you know, well, that's okay, you know. Like if I, if I don't know that, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I'm a marketing guy, Nikki. I, you know, love, I love small business uh, and I love marketing. And many years ago, I spent about 20 years in the corporate world, big advertising agencies, marketing manager at Flight Center, that type of stuff. And one of the things I noticed way back then was that when I did speak to a small business owner, they really listened to what I had to say about marketing. They didn't want to have meetings. They didn't want to kind of, you know, do anything but action what I had to say. And I found that really enlightening and refreshing and inspiring. So about eight years ago, I escaped the cubicle and I started to figure out how can I continue to help these business owners with their marketing uh, and make a living from it. And uh, in the early days, it wasn't that easy because um, generally I, I was appealing to the smaller business owner, you know, the vets and plumbers, and they're the people I still like to deal with. But um, they didn't necessarily have the mar- the money for a marketing guy like me. So um, I started a podcast two years in and that changed everything. And um, that's pretty much what I do now. The Small Business Big Marketing Show has been around for six or seven years and it's been a game changer. And now it's led to a really healthy and fun speaking career, and I continue to help the smaller end of town with their marketing. But what I notice, Nikki, is that the kind of those people who are continue to be trapped in a cubicle listen to my show, and I get lots of emails from them, and they they tell me that it inspires them to go and start their own business. So I love that, and that's where I am today. So, I, and I love that. I think that if you're providing some practical tools and advice to people that are already doing it, but also a little bit of what I call a roadmap for how people could start the journey themselves to get out of corporate if they do want to start their own companies. I know we were chatting the other day and 
one of the things that we spoke about, whether you're in running your own company or you're deciding to take a leap of faith, is what happens if you look three centimeters up? I mean, we're all so focused on digital and screens and we kind of are looking outward all the time. One of the things that you talk about in marketing is knowing your own brand, um, being aware of who you are and really living in that authentically, whether you're delivering a product service or it's you start and stop. So we got onto the discussion about digital detox. And mm. I know that this is not about marketing this podcast together, but I believe everything is interconnected. And marketing's everything and everything is marketing. Exactly, exactly. And I think that people are losing their connection and their mojo and their creativity because they are having the screen suck time and they don't trust their own judgment don't anymore. Don't get me started. So, well, you're I'm about to. Stir, to you're trying to stir me up. I'm stirring the pot because I think that you and I could have a great discussion and, and tell people that sometimes in order to be creative and be um, brave yep. and have courage, you have to step away from that computer screen and really start asking yourself some questions and really start looking up and enjoying what's around you. Oh, jeez. How long have we got? Jeez, 15 minutes <laughs> or 15 hours? Well, we can always do parts one and two. So <laughs> okay. let's see if they like it and we can come back. And if it's a hit, we yeah, can right. do some more. But I, I really want to open this discussion up. I've been asked to write about this almost every week the past six months, Digital Detox, Disconnect to Reconnect. But I still believe there's a blend of living in this online world, delivering your marketing messages, delivering you as a personal brand and being able to be offline and not feeling like there's you've, you've got FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah, well... Look, I think this online thing's here to stay. Like the internet, I think, will take off. And um, so, like, let's acknowledge it, it is here, right? But let's not let it rule our lives. And it's ruled, it has ruled my life and I've chosen now not to let it. That said, you know, from a marketing standpoint, one of the things that I say in a, one of my popular keynotes is there has never been a better time to market a business or to build a personal brand. And the reason I say that is because, the opportunities to do that are extensive and a lot of them rely on being online, right? Um, it, but that doesn't mean that you should spend your entire life online. Be, and I, I just see a lot of people are doing that. I've got three teenage kids, so I'm kind of – I'm stuck. I'm a father of three teenagers, yet I'm this marketing guy who talks about there's never been a better time to market a business. And so I've kind of got to embrace both. And I do say to my kids, hey, guys – just look three centimeters up. Hey, there's a world around you. Look at it. Look out. Look people in the eye. And I, I fear that we're losing that ability to communicate um, on a what we used to on a human level. It makes me feel a bit old when I say all this because I know the world's moved on. But at the same time, there is something nice about getting out there and you know high fiving, shaking hands, hugging, eyeballing, all that type of stuff. Well, and I think that actually um, connectivity is not about wires and everything. It's actually about that personal interaction and our generations are not, we have to get back to old school. So even though businesses might be automated and everything might be virtual, nothing beats good old-fashioned relationships, customer service, mm. uh, working with people you know, like, and trust. The same thing in a family environment as well. It doesn't matter how automated we get. At the end of the day, we're still going to deal with people. Um, so it's about getting offline, I think, and recognizing the importance of downtime with your family. Whether or not your teenagers want to do that is probably the biggest challenge. There's a wonderful blog post written by a palliative care nurse, which is the five, the five wishes of the dying. Beautiful post, um, very easy to find on Google. 
uh, one of the wishes, and she, this lady's worked with hundreds, if not thousands of people um, at the end of their life. And I can tell you one of the five wishes isn't, I wish I'd made more Facebook posts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I, and I think that's great. And one of the things that you and I both do is we promise to deliver practical tips. So while we might inspire people to think, hmm, it is true, we should get off line a bit more. We should go and, you know, sit and have coffee with our colleagues, connect with our family, go and see our parents, actually meet up in person. I think our task today, Tim, is to help people mm. get off this podcast once they've listened to us and go, I can <laughs> yeah, do that. Right. Like, actually, you know what? Now. Yeah, I could actually, like, straight away after this podcast, Tim and I want to give you our five tips on how you can digital detox right now and really reconnect, I guess. Yeah, totally. Well, shall I bounce the ball, Nikki? Why not? I, you know, a friend of, a mutual friend of yours and mine, the, the beautiful Keith Abraham, I mean, he, he is a machine. He's a fellow speaker and he's a machine when it comes to marketing himself and getting business. And he just looks you in the, when, when you ring him up and say, oh, Keithy, it's a bit quiet at the moment. He'll look you in the eye over the phone and, yeah. and say, Timbo, have you made your seven calls? And what he means by that is he's, he's got this philosophy, seven calls a day, five days a week, right? Yeah. And, and in actual fact, if we could be a little bit more general, it's not exactly not necessarily five, five, seven phone calls, it's seven touches, yeah. right? So a touch could be a phone call. A touch could be a LinkedIn message. A touch could be um, send someone a card or a gift. But seven times a day, reach out and touch someone. And um, it did start with phone calls. When I first, when Keith first shared that concept with me a couple of years ago, it, it was the idea of actually seven phone calls. And I've got to tell you, I've made three this morning. Um, two people weren't there, but I left a message, and I know they'll call back. The other one I did connect with, and so, and and something eventuated. So you can't beat that one, you know. And I think it has to be genuine, though. I think coming back to. Um, why you and I consistently get up every morning and do what we do is because we genuinely love it and we're very connected to it. So one of the biggest things that being able to get offline and be present with yourself will give you guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to create this business, I want to you know, get a promotion, don't forget to be yourself. So when you do do those calls, or you do do these touch points, make sure they're authentically you and you're in that moment. Don't just do it to tick a box. Right. I think that's so the other balance. Great, great. So can I, to build on that one, I have one of the, the part of marketing that I talk about most is a concept that I call helpful marketing, mm -hmm. right? And this plays on the idea of being, being yourself and ringing, let's talk about ringing people, ringing people with good intention, not to just yes. kind of make a sale. But the concept of helpful marketing is beautifully simple. It says, hey, listen, Mr. or Mrs. Business Owner, you are standing on a mountain of knowledge. You know so much about your industry, about your products and your services, and about the problems and blockages that your customers have. So if you have that mountain of knowledge that you're standing on, why don't you share it openly and freely mm -hmm. by creating really interesting marketing, um, videos that solve these problems, um, podcasts that entertain and engage, entertain and engage, um, write some blog posts that help people make more informed purchase decisions. Now, if you create that type of helpful marketing, guess what? When you call someone, you're going to have something to talk about because you might call a prospect and they might say, oh, yeah, look, I've really been struggling with such and such. And you can, be, you can say to them, hey, listen, 
I've actually written a blog post on exactly that topic or I've actually got a, a podcast episode that goes into even greater detail. Um, so this is really valuable. It's This is the balance of like offline phone conversation and backing it up with some online helpful marketing. So, And also go. the fact that you can truly deliver because you can't just get a certificate and you can't just become a coach and a speaker. You've really, really, really got to know your stuff. And the best coaches, the best speakers, the best consultants – are agile because they've got this amazing hard drive of knowledge, this mountain of knowledge that you call it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's on the end of the phone. They can pull from experiences. It's not just from right. a book or a certification. And this is what if you're listening out here and you are going to hire a coach or you are going to bring a speaker on board, make sure you do that research about that person that they truly, truly have the experience in that area and they have earned their stripes and they can give you a tailored approach because one size does not fit all. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that comes back to the whole thing of connection, which is on your point with the seven cores and bringing up the beautiful Keith. As you say, he does stare at you down the phone even when you can't see him. You can feel it happening. Yes. Um, it's all about authenticity. And if you're listening to this now, a lot of people aren't connected because they're not even connected to themselves. So how can you deliver a great product? How can you be a great leader? How can you get your kids to follow you if you're not practicing what you preach? And that all comes back to getting offline, taking some time out and really figuring out what it is that you love to do, what your interests are, where your knowledge sits, and that can't be done in front of a computer. I really believe that needs to be done offline. I don't know about you, Tim. I, yeah, totally. I just think there's a mix. You know, like I'm never ever going to say, you know, get 100% offline or get 100% online. It's just that we have this wonderful, these wonderful opportunities now that the online world's created. Um, and with it comes a few problems, you know, like that we can become a bit introverted. We can choose not to get out as much as we used to. Um, you know, some of the things that I do just to get offline um, is, you know, when someone wants to meet, and I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan of meetings, you know, like, you know, do we really need to meet? But if you want to meet, then let's go for a walk, you yeah, know. Walk and uh, talk. Let's not walk and talk. Yeah. Yeah, like do that one as opposed to sitting in a cafe or meeting yep. at an office. Um and, and in the first instance, even question whether you need to meet, whether something can't exactly. be done without a meeting. Um, well, but, if you uh, are going to meet, make it worthwhile. Make it worthwhile. And stand up. If you are yeah. going to go to an – I know uh, a business that actually ha- has meetings, but you've got to stand up. You know, it has meetings in their office, but yeah. there's no chairs. So yeah. um, I think cause, because part of this whole online thing um, is that it's, um, it's not good for the old body. You know, I've got nope. a chiropractor mate, uh, Dr. Ben, and Dr. Ben once said to me, because I've, I've had some neck surgery. I've had a disc replaced in my spine a few years ago. And um, I think part of that was sitting at a desk for too long, staring into a screen. And he one day highlighted, he said, have a look around. He said, notice the posture of people, how we kind of, we're a little bit hunched over these days and we're kind of, our head is leaning forward. And that's a result of, um, you know, I think being online too much. I've got a stand-up desk now. I'm standing up right now. I love it, yep. you know, and it just it's a bit of a game changer in itself. I know, and I, I think that the whole sitting a lot is bad for you. I've, I've written a lot about that too, and we all know it. But I, this brings me back to this autopilot mentality. You know, yeah. you get online and you look three hours later from Facebook and you look up and it's dark. Or 
and I think if we can encourage people to have nano breaks, so to re- even if you have to put a post-it note or set an alarm on your computer, we've already given you four really cool tips. So that's the seven touch points. You know, do something personal for your connections, for your family, for those around you. Walk and talks. I do those with my team too. So we debrief on the go. It does help that I have a four-legged fairy monster at my office. Yeah. But, um, you know, even we're in Sydney and Melbourne, uh, when I'm running conferences, we always have fresh air sessions. Uh, stand up at meetings and stand up a lot while you're working. So those stand up desks are perfect. So four top tips already there. Do you ever um, practice the Pomodoro technique? I'm not sure. I probably do it without realizing it. Yeah, yeah look, I, I don't know a lot about it except that it, it, it's very simple. It's uh, it's blocks of work in 25 minute blocks, right? Oh, yeah, um, probably do that without even realizing. Yeah, it a well, I, I just got onto it a couple of weeks ago and now I do it with a couple of friends, one who's up in Queensland, the other one who's in Sydney. Mm. And even though we're not together, um, we actually open up Skype video. Um, we see each other at the other end um, of, of Skype, but we don't talk. We just we just work in 25-minute blocks and then have a five-minute break. Um, and I'm finding that, I mean, that's that's not really a get offline kind of um, tip, but um, well, it, it is. is. It gives you a break. Tip. I think. Gives I think it it's yeah, retraining yeah. a new habit that we. The only way you're going to change this is by creating small incremental habits um, every day that will start you. See, I don't even notice that I'm always taking breaks because it's just part of how I work now. Um, but perhaps before I didn't do that at all. I don't really know. But I do remember needing to get glasses recently because I was writing all those books and I was like, oh, this is terrible. So I thought, right, I'm just going to take my phone and my earphone and I'm going to record my notes and get my transcriber to write them up so I've got less time on the screen. So little things like that which help too. Um, What about people that have kids that are always, I say, you know, no phones and iPads at the dinner table, get back to having family dinners again. That doesn't always work when you've got 16-year-old kids that don't want to hang out with you. So you've got teenage children. Why don't we give people a couple of tips for helping their kids kind of reconnect with nature and, and do fun stuff again without an iPad? Yeah, well, we it's, it's a challenge. And, and the older the teenager, the more of a challenge it is. In fact, I only had a, ch- a chat uh, a couple of mornings ago driving my boy to the bus stop who's 17 and saying, hey, how about we check? Because what we used to do, what we used to do in this house was everyone checked in their devices at 9.30. Um, and there was a bit of a mix of that. And if they managed to hide a device that they didn't check in, then, you know, we'd actually just turn the internet off um, and do it that way. That worked for a while while they were sort of young, in the younger teenage years, but as they get older, obviously, they need it for homework, all that type of stuff. But I said to Will, how about you check um, your iPad and your phone in at, you know, let's say 11 o'clock. Um, and he said to me, he said, listen, I, I don't, I'm not using it at 11. I said, oh, I'm not sure, I'm not sure 100% believe you. So if you're not, then why why?" There shouldn't be any problem checking it in. But anyway, we didn't actually get a resolution there, Nikki. But I do like the idea of checking in. I mean, no way. No devices at the dinner table. That's just like, (laughs) that's just, you know. I went to an event last night for my daughter's school. And, you know, the last thing they said before the lights went out was, could you please turn your phones off, you know? Many didn't. You know, in the the dark theatre, there were still plenty of glowing screens. I, you know, we're addicted. That's our problem. So do I really believe that this is affecting personal relationships and society. I believe to say hello. People don't even look up from their phones when they're ordering coffee. One of the few things that we have as a human race is our ability to have all this range of emotions, our six senses tuned in, 
And on the digital world, we seem to lose a lot of those senses and we get um, desensitized is probably the word for it. You know, we get all this stuff over the internet about the news or cruelty to animals or whatever it is that comes across your Facebook feed. And I think people just absorb all this information and they don't react anymore. So one of the benefits of a digital detox is to, you know, get back in connection and resensitize yourself to nature. You know, it's pretty incredible. I think I was doing a, a session with Pete Evans, chef, the other week, and he said, you know, since I've been on my farm, I go back to the city and I notice all the trees and how green they are and how they just survive through the buildings and they're just trying so hard to be present in this concrete jungle. He said, never yeah. noticed it before. But he makes all this time now to spend time out in the wild and the nature with his kids and they go horse riding and they're on the surf. See, for me, water is my calibration. So we need to let people know that it's okay to step outside. But a lot of company cultures, they say to their teams, please take lots of breaks. But as soon as someone gets up out of the desk, it's not where a comfortable env- Exactly. Where are you going? So if if leaders really, really want to create a culture where it's okay to move, where their staff are healthy, wealthy and wise in mindset and also in personal being, they need to support the ability for people to step outside at lunchtime, for people to have walk and talk meetings. We can't chain people to their desks. It's amazing, you know, hearing you talk and clearly um, you deal a lot with people in corporate, Nikki. Um, because I've, I'm so far out of that space, I, you know, I start to have these, as you're talking, I'm having these moments of remembering my time. <laughs> advertising world. In, 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 well, the advertising world, marketing world. Yeah. But, you know, advertising world, was the great thing about advertising world is you got to go into lots of different other clients' worlds. So, yeah, know, that's true. Brands, yeah. All sorts of different brands going to their headquarters. And, um, you know, I, you'd kind of – my. I'd kind of hoped it would have changed, but I, I know it hasn't. Yeah. Uh, and I know that – it's still like that whole corporate culture. I mean, there's, there's some massive upsides to it, but there, you know, there is also some real downsides and it can be very unhealthy. No different to some small businesses where, you know, they get trapped in doing their own, you know, they get so trapped in working on their business that they don't get time to um, sort of smell the roses and take a bigger, a, a more bird's eye view. But yeah, it, it's a pity that um, there's a great book written a long time ago, actually, well, a long time ago, maybe like eight years. I love the, the way that you, you have all this historical voice that you go into things like you're actually 150. You know, really, <laughs> it's because you've absorbed so much information, like in the old days, eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it feels that way, doesn't it, in, in internet years? Yeah, it does. They should, I wonder what that is. Like Ooh, the dog yeah. years are seven, seven dog years to maybe one human year. I wonder what. Yeah, well, maybe there needs to be like an internet year is X number of human years, whatever it is. But anyway, the book I was going to mention is a book called Rework, and it's written by oh, the yeah, guys who invented Basecamp, which yep. is a famous productivity app. And um, Rework, brilliant book, brilliant book, and you know, a, a classic head, a classic chapter heading. And each chapter is only about two pages long, recognizing even back then our short, shorter attention spans. But I remember one chapter was meetings are toxic. You know, um, and that's and that sort of set the tone for the book. But if you want to kind of look at a way of re-engineering how you work inside a corporate environment, then read that book. Great tip. And also, I think for small businesses, people get stressed out, so they think they're going to get more freedom. They are very excited about starting <laughs> it, 
And then all of a sudden reality hits and they're just working in the business instead of on the business. So top tips, if you're listening, you are running a small business, maybe you're working from home, maybe you're growing your team, you have a, a nice office or a practice somewhere, you know, practice what you preach, lead by example. If you do have junior teams or you have virtual staff, make it okay for people to have Skype and sessions where you're all standing up. Make sure that you check on that. Give people nano breaks. Make sure there's fresh water, a chance to get together and actually catch up and go for a walk for a meeting instead of sitting around a table. Use your time wisely. And if you are working out, put it in your agenda and make it transparent. Let your colleagues and your team members know that having a healthy outlook is really important for being efficient um, for body, mind, and spirit. It helps you deal with stress better. It is okay to step away from your computer. Um, you know, I always tell myself I'm not curing cancer. The email can be answered in, you know, an hour later. And I think we just, I don't check my emails when I wake up anymore. I go for a run or a walk and I get online after I've done my little rituals. So there's things that we can do to unchain ourselves from our digital devices and use them in the way that they're intended to make our life more efficient and value added. Gee, there you go. You're still on your soapbox or you hop down? No, I think I'll carry it with me permanently. It's one of those little <laughs> pop-up ones. <laughs> nice. Car park nice. moments. Well, it's interesting again. I mean, just listening. I mean, you are more in that corporate headspace than me and I'm amazed that you still need to say things like that, you know? Well, I think that's because you and I are pretty accountable and we probably are very aware of this. But a lot of people, they'll do something for a week and then they'll go back to their old habits because it's very difficult to stay connected to a new thing like that. And life gets in the way. So while there's an ideal, it takes practice to actually develop new habits. Like to become a Buddhist monk, that's not by accident. So to become a riveting entrepreneur um, that balances some fresh air with, you know, great intelligence and dealing with your customers, you need to find a way that suits you guys, that is going to work with, the time you do business, who your audience is, if you've got kids or not, it's, you can't kind of let it run you. You have to figure out how you're going to run your week. There's a lot of peace in the thought of becoming a Buddhist monk, Nick. I know. Did you just go away there for a second while I was rambling? Well, maybe I've kind of like I know a couple. I, I have I I know a couple of Buddhist monks. In fact, my first meditation teacher about. 20 years ago, I found a little note in a laundromat. It was a classic story, you know, like here I am, young bloke. Well, how old was I? I was 20, I guess about 25 years ago. I was about early 20s and um, I was in a laundromat and uh, learned to meditate, you know, ripped the phone number off and sure enough I did and it was this bloke who was a Buddhist monk living in a little flat around the corner and um, um, the funny thing was, and I won't go into the detail of the story, maybe another time, but it turned out that he was, he was, and I didn't want to know his backstory because I saw him as a Buddhist monk, right? Um, but he had, in his previous life, had been the lead singer of a pretty famous rock band that had written one of my favourite songs of all time. No, get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was nuts. And I'm so glad I didn't know that until about two years into knowing him. But um, um, boy, oh boy, what a peaceful Percy he was and continues to be. See, I like the way that you bring up things like, you know, my meditation and you say things like most of the people that listen to our podcasts are doing what you do. But I think I work with a lot of people that would love to have the self-discipline, the self-awareness, the accountability that you have. Because really you're saying to your teenage son, 
I kind of trust you now. He's saying, Dad, trust me. I'm going to be accountable with this. Just, you know, don't keep prodding me. I'll, I'll find balance. The way that you talk really resonates because we're in an environment where the people like, you know, Rowdy McLean, Keith Abraham, very conscious people about how we live our lives. The people that are listening to our podcast, they just sometimes they just lose that ability to sustain those wonderful things like meditation, yeah. like time out with their kids, like figuring out if they want to get out of the corporate rat race and take a leap of faith into small business. And, so, and like I, I don't want listeners to get the wrong impression. I mean, I, I too continue to struggle with some of those things, but I'm a little bit maybe more aware of the need for them. And one of the things, and I, I happened to have to go into the city yesterday, up into the big smoke. I took the train and I headed up there and, you know, you look around um, this is what I do when I go into town because I don't do it very often. But you look around and there's a lot of people walking along looking at the footpath. Yeah. Either looking at the footpath or looking at their phone actually, of course. Yep. But, um, you know, be conscious of that stuff if you are kind of working in town and go, oh, hang on, am I one of those people? Or yeah. am I one of those people who, you know, every now and then I'm going to get eye contact with someone and just give them a smile or, um, you know, freak, freak, freak them, them out, out. some <laughs> other way. But, it but, is you pretty know, funny like, when you do the smile game. Yeah, well, I like the smile game. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Yeah. But this is the thing. I love talking to you because you're like there is never a time when all we do, it's all seamless. It's an expansion and a contraction all the time. That's just life. So we're constantly having to coach ourselves on being aware. But the words awareness, consciousness, and connected, you know, a lot of people just don't have that. And that's what you and I are here in our little evangelistical sense to help them achieve that, whether it's, you know, getting more efficient in marketing, finding out who they want to talk to and how they want to sell their products. They have to take time to stop and consider all those things. They can't just run from one thing to the other. Yeah. I think one of the things, and you mentioned it earlier, which is um, I mentioned the word whether authenticity or being yourself, but I know I do remember like, one of the reasons that I got out of corporate is that it was jarring a little bit. I couldn't quite be myself. Mm-hmm. And when I was myself, it kind of caused pain, either for me or others. <laughs> um, because you're there to represent, you know, if you're working for a big brand, then you kind of got to be part of that big brand, right? Um, but one of the things that I love about, and I actually think one of the reasons my podcast, The Small Business Big Marketing Show, has been successful, a lot of people say to me, because like, there's no shortage of marketing podcasts out there, right? I mean, they're a dime a dozen these days, but mine continues to do well. And I, I can only put it down to the, because I actually don't think, I don't think I'm the best marketer going around, but I happen to present the information in a way that's engaging and entertaining. So that I, I always want people to walk away with a smile on their face and with some knowledge, right? And so I, I work hard at actually being myself, which sounds ridiculous, but it's hard because some you can be drawn into, particularly with marketing, people feel like they've got to put on their marketing voice and, and allocute their words to within an inch of their life, you know, and it's like, <laughs> don't. Just be yourself. I, I use Jamie Oliver always as a great example. You know, he's just like, I've not met Jamie, but I would be very, very surprised if in real life, it, he wasn't the same as we saw exactly. on the screen, you know? Exactly. Um, I love yeah. that. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love the fact you've wrapped this up so beautifully. In the beginning, we spoke about intent. So whatever you do, do it with intent. So you don't have to be the best. You just have to be yourself, but you have to know what that means. So occasionally you might have to stop staring at a screen, walk away and figure out, you know, take a little nano break. 
engaging and entertaining is exactly what life should be about. Whether you're at work or you're at home, we shouldn't have to have work-life balance. We should have a blend that we enjoy our day every day. And if you're not, a digital detox or timeout is a great way to take a bit of a stock take, a bit of a vitality bank check-in. You know, what do you love about your days? Where could you squeeze some extra time in? And how can you become a little bit more aware of looking at other people when you're grabbing your coffee, put your phone away if you're ordering something or swiping through the supermarket, make your seven touch points every day, whether it's even giving someone a random act of kindness. I like putting sticky notes on people's desks when I walk through corporate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, He's and, been here. Yeah, um, and he was here, exactly. And Or just, you know, send out gifts. I'm an old-fashioned girl, so I still write cards, even though I have terrible writing. They last longer. Um, and the other thing is walk and talks. There's lots of ways that you can start getting back and engaged with your life, back and engaged with your family, back and engaged with your colleagues and your staff and yourself. And, Tim, you're already practicing this. So I think our little sort of seven steps of amazingness, that's what we've created today. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love those steps. There's probably a few more that we could add another time. Yeah, and I think the books like uh, Rework from the Basecamp guys, we've got uh, – I'll definitely put some links through to good old Keith. Um, the helpful marketing tip is fantastic. So if you do have this mountain of knowledge, even if you're a mum, you can be a helpful mum. Instead of trying to teach your kids a lesson, why not share your knowledge and get them to make great decisions for themselves as well? The internet is here to stay. There is never a better time to market a business or yourself, but first of all, you probably have to figure out what it is that you want to market, and um, and if you need to know about that, you can hop on to Tim's podcast, of course, Small Business Big Marketing Show, number one. A little bit of kudos there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, and, and there's a book coming out too, and in like two weeks' time, which I'm quite excited about, that now sort of touches on this. It's a book about helpful marketing called The Boomerang Effect. Oh, great. Okay. Well, we'll have to put links and some more information on the show notes. So, Tim, is there like a little summary statement? You and Mr. Marketing, how would you like to wrap this up? I know that, um, you know, I want to go through and discuss another couple of topics with you and definitely have you back on the show for another episode. But to wrap up today's digital detox and talking turkey together, what would you like to say to those listeners out there? I'll leave you with a quote, Nikki. People can copy what you do, but not who you are. Very nice. So on that note, guys, I hope that you can take some time out to figure out uh, what really makes you tick and that we've inspired you today to have the conversation with yourself and with those around you about perhaps getting off screen, disconnecting to reconnect um, and figuring out where your bojo lies. If you do need help on putting your small business back into the big game, then certainly go and hit up Tim on timreed.com.au, speaker, podcaster, and columnist. He's always a pleasure to have on the show. And thank you so much, Tim, for creating time. Hi guys, it's Nikki Fogden-Moore here, the Vitality Coach, and I'm very excited to talk to you about the Vitality Roadmap official online program. It's live, it's there, and it's all yours. As soon as you get onto this program, you get access to every single module, all the worksheets, and all the information videos straight up. There's no drip feed. It's super, super simple. I've designed it for very busy people. You know, I didn't ever really like online programs. I always felt them too convoluted. I didn't want to have an email from someone every third day or, or every day even. 
And so I wanted to set up an online program that I would really enjoy doing when I felt like logging in and taking the journey at my own pace and also being able to comment, get support and get feedback and join a tribe whenever I felt like it. And that's exactly what I created with the Vitality Roadmap official. Uh, you can hop on to thevitalitycoach.com.au forward slash vitality roadmap. It's all there. And I'm really, really excited. Why? Because this is specially made out of tried and testing, made to order from all my clients over the past years. We've put together the best of. So all the worksheets from the 360 Vitality Sheet, coloring in your Vitality Bank, finding out where your credits and debits are, how you're going with your energy levels, right through to planning your winning week with that great five elements thing where you know you can start to design the life that you love. Tried and tested tools all with success with all of my clients. And I think one of the things that we all spoke about together when we were reviewing this, we've tested it out for a year, was how can we make it simple? How can we make it that it's just plug and play, click and download, read for three minutes offline, in your brain, off you go and do it. Not too much information at once. You consume, apply and adapt as fast as you want or as slow as you want. It's evergreen. You can come back and redo the program as many times as you like. I've designed it so there are no boundaries for that. I want you to have the journey and the roadmap to your true ultimate full circle vitality and admin and productivity, your career and personal planning, choosing your friends wisely, building your dream team, designing your winning week, finding your health and well-being that you love to do and makes your heart sing, and also the element of giving back and finding time for yourself. It's all in there, and it's all for you. It's all from me, and the best thing about it is you can click, hit reply, or comment anytime, and I get back to you personally. So I'm very, very excited. Um, not only is it jam-packed full of very, very valuable information, but it's also great value. I wanted to make sure that those of you that could not come to the workshops with me couldn't possibly maybe travel all the way to a retreat or maybe you weren't able to do the private coaching, just was out of your budget. You've been listening to the podcasts. You love the idea of the Vitality Roadmap. You love the idea of designing your life you love. You want to have me as your coach. Uh, this is your way to do it. It's fast. It's effective. It's not a detox kit. It's not a shortcut. It's really about giving you the tools that I use daily to design and live the life that I'm so very proud of, so very passionate about, and I can't wait to have you join me on this program. So in February 2016, I'll be giving uh, some really special offers as well, like 15-minute fast track calls with me one-on-one, -on -one, totally private. Uh, these are really amazing. You can do a lot in 15 minutes if you're focused. I help you find your why as well. I think this is really important. Sometimes we just don't know how to define what we want, so we get what we're given. Well, a whole part of this program is coming out with the power of goal setting and finding goals that are resonating with you, that are relevant, and that make you want to reach for the stars. So join me online on the vitalitycoach.com.au forward slash vitality roadmap um, for an amazing, fully packed, I think it's about seven modules. There's loads of worksheets. There's so much to download, but you can take it at whatever time you like. Podcast, video, workbooks, Vitality, the book links, comments back to me. Join your tribe of like-minded people that want to do stuff with life. So I can't wait to see you there. Sign up on the vitalitycoach.com.au forward slash vitality roadmap. I'll see you there, guys. Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. 
So guys, just to wrap up on the Vitality podcast, you can hop onto the show notes, vitalitycoach.com.au. I will also be giving you some links to um, the Australian workshops coming up in April 2016. I'll be doing in the West Coast and East Coast of the States later in the year. Thanks to those of you that are listening across the globe. I really love the testimonials. Uh, We'll put a couple of kudos and positive vibes on the show notes. Until next time, you stay healthy, wealthy, and wise. And thank you for tuning in to The Vitality Coach. Thanks for tuning in. For all the show notes from this episode, tips, tools, and also my eBooks, hop online to www.thevitalitycoach.com.au. As always, health and happiness.